Warning, the stories in this podcast often contain violent and disturbing events. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. A big welcome to our newest official members, some of which I may have mentioned before. And in that case, welcome again. Lisa Maria, Amanda Lee, Ryan I, Braden C, Jared T, and Amelie. We're glad to have you all with us. If you would like to become an official member and show your love for the podcast, visit patreon.com slash nightmare society. A big shout out to Jack Schneider and to Ray all the way over in South Korea. Thanks for being such great listeners. Also, a really big thanks to our two anonymous contributors for sharing their stories with us tonight. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. This happened about 10 years ago when I was in my first year of university. A week or two before classes started, I moved into student accommodation. It was crappy. A huge block of apartments built in the 60s in the center of town. I was keen to make friends, as everyone was, and made sure to get to know all the people in my student halls. It was during this time that I met Mike and John, two friends who had known each other before university started. Both were pretty geeky, but cool, or so I thought. Guys and were easy to get along with, platonically. I also met a girl, Erica, and together with Mike and John, we made a little friendship group. We'd hang out often and go clubbing and have dinners in our crappy kitchen. It was nice. Eventually, it became clear that John and Mike had crushes on me, which was unreciprocated, and I started to feel a little uncomfortable hanging out with them so much. I had gotten into classes and had met some fun people in my course. I also grew up in the city that I went to university, so... It was easy to fall back into my old friendship group, and I'd often end up staying at my parents' home. I also started dating my ex-boyfriend again. Basically, I was in our student accommodation less and less, and didn't really have time to hang out with John and Mike. Around that time, things got weird. It started with a random Facebook account adding me and hurling abuse at me. To be honest, Facebook trolls were common back then, so I didn't really care. I just got weirded out when they started adding some of my family members on Facebook, and I asked them to stop. I mostly ignored the account at first, as nothing too horrific came from it. I did, however, have some suspicions that it was either John or Mike, due to some of the things they had said. But again, I didn't care enough to make anything out of it. 
Then one day when I was walking back into the student accommodation, I heard someone shouting, Slut! The first time I honestly thought it was just drunken students messing about with each other. I didn't think for a second that it would be directed at me. Another day again as I'm walking towards my accommodation, I hear male voices shouting, And now I'm weirded out because no one else is around. The next time I'm walking towards my building, I once again hear, I whip my head around towards the windows of the building just in time to see Mike and John ducking down from the windows. I yell back that they're freaking idiots and they can go screw themselves, and I carry on with my day. From then on, I point blank refuse to speak to them, not even a hello in passing. A month later, I go to a nightclub with Erica, and we end up bumping into Mike and John. They apologize profusely, and I am always way too nice when I'm drunk, so I forgave them. We hung out for the rest of the night, with Mike in particular getting progressively drunker and weirder. So we decide to call it a night and head back towards our accommodation. I'd asked Erica to come to my room after for a snack, so we both got off at my floor, the 10th floor, when Mike decides he wants to come with us. At this point, he had been getting weird for too long, so we stand on the landing of my floor. I'm not about to let him into my room or my floor's kitchen, and I try to stand my ground and tell him we want to call it a night. He's completely fixated on me at this point, not Erica, and keeps trying to hug me while I'm telling him to please leave and go to bed as he's acting like a drunk idiot. While this conversation is happening, it's starting to feel darker and weirder and my heart's starting to beat fast. I've completely sobered up at this point and I just want him to go away. All of a sudden I hear the door to the stairs open and Erica is running up the stairs, not walking, running. We both obviously felt that this was getting dangerous, but I could not believe that she would just abandon me like that. I never forgave her for that. Anyway, as if I wasn't terrified already, now that I'm alone with Mike, my adrenaline is going crazy. For reference, he's easily 6 feet 4 inches tall and quite overweight, while I'm 5 foot 3 and was at the time 110 pounds. I had grown up in a roughish area so I always felt like I had a lot of street smarts and could handle myself. And I did well on this occasion, but man I have never felt so vulnerable and I've been in some pretty crappy situations. He keeps asking me to let him in my room, and I just keep looking him straight in the eyes and saying, no, 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 no. All this time he's trying to pull me in for a hug and put his arm around my waist and kiss my face, and I'm just ducking and diving under his arms, pushing him away or just backing away from him. I felt like a cornered animal. This went on for like 20 minutes. I put on my best voice of authority and say firmly, you are not coming into my room. This is the last time I'm telling you. I'm getting pissed off now. 
you need to go to your own room and go to bed. He finally says okay and I try to confidently walk towards my room so he can't see how scared I am. I felt like if he saw my fear, he would know I was powerless and he'd just try to force me. The way the floor plan is, there's the lobby and then a group of rooms on either side. There's an initial set of unlocked doors you have to walk through, then a short hallway to another door that locks, but we barely ever lock it, and then another hall with our kitchen and all of our apartment doors, which we always locked. I walked slowly to the unlocked doors, opened them, and then when I know he can't see me, I run for my life to the locked door. My whole body is shaking at this point. I go through the second door and quickly lock it behind me. The minute the lock clicks, I hear the initial set of doors slamming open. And then the... of Mike running down the hall and trying to open the door that I've just locked. I've just taken my hand off the lock when he starts shaking the doorknob and slamming on the door to the point that I think he's going to break it down. I run to my apartment and lock my apartment door. At this point, I just want someone to save me. I'm freaking out, so I call my boyfriend. My toxic-as-hell boyfriend thinks I'm exaggerating, that I probably led this guy on. I promise you all that I did not. I was never a flirty type of person, and Mike had no reason to think I ever liked him like that. I'm trying to convince him to come and get me because I'm scared, but he refuses. All the while I can still hear Mike banging on the door. We speak for 15 minutes and then hang up. When we hang up I see that I have around 30 to 40 missed calls, all from Mike. He had also left several voicemails, all of them saying the same crap. It was him speaking in this weird, high-pitched voice. Please? I just want to watch you sleep. Please? Please? I promise I won't do anything. I just want to cuddle with you. Please? Come on, please. This went on and on and on. It grossed me out so much. I just wanted to sleep, but I felt so unsafe and I could still hear him trying to open the door to the hallway. Eventually the banging subsides and I start feeling safer. About 10 minutes later, the fire alarms go off. I could not believe how unlucky I was. We have to evacuate the building. I'm contemplating just staying in my room because I'm terrified Mike is still on my floor. But I hear the people on either side of my room opening their doors, and I think it's just safer to be with people at this point. We go downstairs and outside, and I spot Mike scouring the crowd, obviously looking for me, glassy-eyed and crazy-looking. I just try to make myself as small as possible, 
and stay hidden amongst the crowd. Firemen end up coming, and after 20 minutes they shout for everyone from floor 10 to come forward. Floor 10? Out of 18 floors? I don't know why, but I thought Mike had put them up to it so he could find me, which is obviously silly but I was hesitant to expose myself from my hiding place and go over to the firemen. Once I do, the firemen start asking us which one of us set off the fire alarm, because it came from floor 10. I don't know why, but it took a while for it to register to me that Mike had set off the fire alarm on my floor when he realized that I wouldn't open the door to try and flush me out. What a psycho. I'm still trying to keep a mental note of where he is in case he does anything and see him sitting on the floor crying with John consoling him. I think John spoke some sense into him because I didn't hear from him again that day. I ended up leaving that university a month or so later. Aside from that experience and being seriously disappointed by all my new quote friends, I didn't particularly like my course either. Mike kept trying to text me and call me, I assume when drunk because it was always late at night, for years afterwards, and his little troll account kept trying to find out where I had gone and what I was up to. I hope he got help in the end, or at least learned how to handle his drink. So, Mike, let's not meet again. Please? I was hoping that sharing this will ease some of the anxiety that I have about the story. I live alone, and I love living alone. Always have. I've never been scared or worried about my safety, really. For the record, I'm a woman in my 30s, and I live in a small, two-story townhome. I got home from having a few drinks after work with friends. It was probably 7 o'clock. I was in the mood for a long hot bath. When I take baths, I kind of go all out. Soothing music, candles, bath bombs, the whole spa feel. It preserves my sanity. I got in the tub as it was still filling up and it's of course really loud in there. Eventually, I turn it off and relax. Not long after this, I hear scratching and scuffling noises. It almost sounds like an animal is on the roof or in the walls or something. That not being completely out of the realm of possibility because we have a ridiculous amount of squirrels around the property because of all the trees, I didn't really think much of it. Then, later on, I hear this really faint... <laughs> now, my neighbors can be really loud, and the walls are paper thin. I can often hear their music and loud conversations through the wall, so again, I just assumed that was the case. It would get quiet and then happen again, get quiet and then happen again. I was full on relaxing, head back, 
eyes closed when la 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 <laughs> blast through the other side of the bathroom door that I had cracked open. I screamed at the top of my lungs, nearly crapped myself in the tub, and sat straight up. And there's someone, a figure, standing at the crack in the door. And all I can see is the creepiest, dirtiest sliver of a clown mask that I've ever seen. I can't even begin to explain how many thoughts simultaneously ran through my head. My phone, of course, was across the room, not near the tub. Do I get up now and make a run for my phone? I'm completely naked with nothing to fight with but a loofah with a head. Could I even dial 911 fast enough before this freaky clown comes in and completely murders Does it even matter if I'm naked if I'm about to die? Is this one of my stupid friends playing a joke on me? What is actually happening? My body went into motion without me really realizing it. And I literally jumped out of the water like Harry Potter flying out of the black lake in the Goblet of Fire. And as soon as I did, he ran off through the room, somewhere. I immediately grabbed my phone and dialed 911. I'm sure they'll get a kick out of this one. One of the creepiest things to me is as he was running off, I could hear him humming the same la, la, la. that I thought was my neighbor's earlier. I shudder to think how long he was inside while I'm just hanging out in the tub. I went and locked my bedroom door because my bathroom door has no lock, and I stayed there until I heard the police. They searched the whole place and found no one. It took a while for me to start sleeping at home again. I was so terrified. My only guess is that I left the door unlocked when I came in, not realizing it, because there was no sign of a break-in. Had someone been watching me? How else would they know when I would be coming home? Or did they just get a lucky break? I always lock my doors, so I don't know how they would know. To keep myself sane, I keep telling myself that it was one of my stupid friends and that they just won't fess up to it because they know how upset I was. I really wish someone would tell me that it was them, even if it wasn't, because the alternate is just too creepy. It's literally straight out of a horror movie. And what did they even get out of it? Nothing was even missing. They just scared me to death. Oh, and I forgot to mention one of the absolute worst parts of all of this. Whoever this freaking psycho was left their mark. They wrote all over my living room walls and kitchen cabinets in what I have to assume is lipstick. It feels, looks, and smells like it. Until I could get it painted over, I literally would try and close my eyes to the words on the wall anytime I was home, because even just seeing it there reminded me that that person was right there, in that spot, while I was totally unaware, just taking their time drawing on my walls. If I can find a photo that was taken of it, then I'll share it. 
It's been a year now and I've since moved from that place. There was no way I could stay there any longer than my lease. Obviously until then I had all my door locks changed and upgraded in addition to setting my alarm every time I get home and get inside, even in my new place. So, to the creepy clown who decided to break into my house, creep me out and write on my walls. Let's not meet again. <laughs> Two truly terrifying stories. Thanks again to our contributors for being so kind to share them with us. Don't forget to follow us over on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. If your podcasting app allows you to leave reviews, please do. It can help expose us to more people. And of course, if you want to be the ultimate contributor, you could head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare society. We have a couple of different tiers for you to choose from, ranging from a dollar up to five. The uppermost tier being where you get access to all kinds of bonus episodes. I'll be releasing another one soon. If you're interested in merch, you can head over to nightmaresociety.threadless.com. We have all kinds of products over there for you to choose from. And of course, until next time. Sweet.